Hello, this is Maurice Harker. What you're about to listen to is a clip from my Spiritual Psychology Masterclass. This is an online webinar classroom where you learn to harvest vital, life-changing psychological concepts from the words of the prophets. Enjoy what you listen to, and I'll check in with you again when you're done. For those of you who have studied just about anything that comes out of life-changing services, one of the first things you're exposed to is what's called our Eternal Warriors Handbook. And lesson one, any of you mentors out there, Roslyn, do you need to open up the book to tell us what the name of lesson one is from the Eternal Warriors Handbook? The War Between Remembering and Forgetting. The War Between Remembering and Forgetting. As you look at chapter seven, you are now introduced to the origin of that chapter. This is where that concept came from. This is the first time that I remember that the word forget and forgotten is emphasized three times in three verses in case you missed it the first two times. How is it that you have forgotten that you have seen an angel of the Lord? You've forgotten the great things the Lord has done. You've forgotten this. You've forgotten that. And as a scientist of psychology, it's quite an interesting thing when you go through school, you go through graduate school, you learn all these things about psychology, and then you interview a real person and you find out that the real brain has almost nothing to do with what you learned in school. And you're like, I went to all that school and, and what do I find out? And uh, nowhere, I remember no time in my study in graduate school, Ben, you can help me out with this or anyone else who's gone to psychology school. At any point, did they talk to you about how misbehaviors are connected to forgetting your value system or forgetting the principles that you were taught? They go into all these neurological, biochemical, social dynamic, blah, 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 all these fancy phrases that we can talk about and sound really important. When in reality, the most common reason people behave against their value system is they forgot. How come you didn't finish your homework? I forgot. How come you didn't pull the cake out of the oven? <laughs> I forgot. Okay. How come you uh, how come you yelled at your kid? I forgot. How come you throw threw him down the stairs? I forgot it was bad to throw kids down the stairs. All of us, when we misbehave, if you do a careful analysis of the human brain and you look at the previous five seconds, five minutes, five hours, you will find a gap in cognitive processing where they forgot their value system. Now there's a lot of science behind why people forget. We've been studying the chemical scale, we've been studying um, flashes, there's all sorts of things, trauma, there's tons of things that cause a person to forget. But what appears to be consistent is those who remember their values, those who remember things will take action different from those who forget. God knew this psychology so thoroughly that he knew we must have something concrete to be our reminders. In the same way that it's effortless for weeds to grow in a garden, it's effortless to forget things. Does not take a lot of work to forget things. Now, am I overexposing there again? You get like, what is he talking about? I never forget things. He's He's the only one who forgets anything. Why is he talking like this? Can I assume that I'm in the presence of people who forget things? Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Pete. Now, may I, may I add a layer to that? Forget things that actually matter. 
Yes. Okay. Thank you. Now, how, uh, I don't know if some of you are like me, when we talk about reminder systems, if it's not likely for your brain to naturally remember important things, if you're a normal person, you feel a reluctance to create a reminder system that makes you look like a third grader. I cannot tell you how many people do not create reminder systems in therapy. So we, we have this entire conversation in therapy. We come up with this amazing strategy. We'll do like a three by five card system. All right, let's write some three by five cards. We'll do it in, in the group in our in the therapy session or in group. And then uh, they go home and we come back for the next session and say, okay, tell me about the three by five cards. They go, what three by five cards? You're like, okay. And they, oh, oh yeah, three by five cards. I'm all, do you remember what they were for? Do I remember what they're for? Do I remember what they were for? Oh yeah, they were to remind me of things. So you forgot what was supposed to be your reminder. Well, when you put it that way, and then when you get another one, when they say, okay, I totally remembered my three by five cards this time. I'm all great. How did you use them? They say, well, I left them on my desk because I didn't want to use them as a crutch. Okay, because if you have to look at three by five cards, it, it means you're stupid. Okay, and I'm all, um, is that a scripture somewhere? Is that a is that a quote from a book? If you have to look at three by five cards, you're stupid. And they say, no, I thought of it myself. <laughs> is it possible that that was a satanic thought? They say, no, because Satan's only mean. Satan wouldn't say something like three by five cards are for dumb people. He's like, wait, that's kind of mean, isn't it? <laughs> yes, that's kind of mean, but it's only a little bit mean because he's usually really mean. And sometimes he's only a little bit mean and that doesn't count. All right. I have been humbled by two intense therapy sessions already this morning with extremely smart people who have very powerful brains, but there's still a reluctance to write reminders on paper. You can see what how when you hand them a clipboard. I don't know if Ben experiences this or any other therapist types. When you, uh, Rosalind, maybe you as a mentor, when you say, why don't you get out a piece of paper? And they're like, what, you think I'm in third grade? What, you think I can't hold this in my head? What, you can't, wait, wait. Why you wanna, why you wanna make me write it down? It's amazing how much resistance there is. And I'm all, did you know you just experienced a satanic attack? They're like, no, I didn't. I'm all, is it hard? to get a piece of paper out? Is it humiliating to get a piece of paper out? Is it mortifying? Is it representative you're dumb? Now, once you have learned how to write things down, then you have to create a reminder. Oh, three by five cards. For those of you who have heard Satan say they're crutches, I strongly recommend you think of them as tools. For those of you who need chainsaws and forklifts, and boom trucks, yeah, I use manly tools, okay? You go ahead and get yourself a four by six card instead of a three by five card, so you can have big tools, okay? <laughs> all right, now then there comes the use of these tools, all right? Or weapons of light, thank you. So for those of you who are more ladylike in your approach to things, you can call them weapons of light, sounds too girly to me it wouldn't do me any good at all to use it so you ladies go ahead and use that weapons of light 
concept. I had a very disturbing experience when I got married. I, uh, well, in addition to several others, but I'll just talk about this one. Uh, my mother had learned in my home where I lived with my mother as I went to college and dad, just, he's just not part of the story. Because of the way my brain works, I need three by five cards and reminders in multiple convenient locations, above light switches, on the mirror where I brush my teeth, across from the toilet, above the toilet, if you're a guy, lots of places on the fridge. My friends thought I was weird because I'd have them taped to my steering wheel in my car. Then I got married. And of course, I took all my three by five cards off the wall at home. And I went and proceeded to put them on the wall in my wife's apartment. For me, it was a seamless transition. I was a missionary. We changed apartments regularly. You take your three by five cards down, you put them up in your new apartment. That's not weird, right? I come home from work and my three by five cards are all gone. Like, where are my cards? Okay. Do you not know that three by five cards for me are kind of like those anchors on the cliff where you can have to go for one and reach for the next one and reach for the next one and reach for the next one? Because when you're in Reese's brain, you can't really have any useful thoughts for more than three minutes unless you grab another anchor so you don't fall off the cliff in his head. Now, some of you can actually hold on to the cliff by yourself for hours. I applaud you and I've learned not to be jealous of you. But sometimes I have to stand there and strap myself to an anchor, duct tape on the hand that's on the iron rod because I'm going to chase a butterfly or something like that. And I'm going to be off in the weeds, as one of my friends says. Where's Maurice? I don't know. He just chased a thought and he's gone. I don't know where he went. Is it a bad thought? It doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thought. I can chase good thoughts right off a cliff. These anchors, I had to change my system. My wife has a very um, has her own space, her own environment, and apparently my three by five cards are very distracting for her. She's all, I don't have time to think about your thoughts. Wait, what? <laughs> well, if I look at your three by five card, it starts having me thinking about what you're thinking about, and I don't want to think about what you're thinking about. I have my own thoughts. I want to think about what I'm thinking about. So then I had to change the whole system, but luckily smartphones were starting to come out back then. And who knew that you could actually keep three by five cards in your pocket? What a concept, like new technology, mind blown. Like there's something in my pocket. I don't know what's in my pocket. Pull them out. Oh, three by five cards, review them, review, review, put them back in your pocket. 20 minutes later, what's in my pocket? It feels like there's something in my pocket. I got guys who tell me, how am I supposed to remember to take my three by five cards with me? And they're the same ones who never forget their phone. It feels weird in my pocket to have three by five cards. You do know your phone is bigger than a three by five card. I'm ranting on this concept because, and I, I should at some point get my serious voice tone. Now, I'm now going to be very serious because this is very important. And you all need to really think this through. Just I want you to deeply ingrain it in your souls. The most important concept I've learned about psychology is this concept, the war between remembering and forgetting, because everything else is built upon it. Because if you learn a new concept and you forget it, it's as if you never learned it. If you learn, uh, the woman I met with earlier today has been a strong purse LDS member uh, for very long, but she's having very agonizing psychological anxiety. I walked her slowly through the application of the atonement on a 24-hour cycle instead of a 10-year cycle. And she'd forgotten that she can do that. She's been LDS her whole life. She's been anxiously engaged in teaching it to her kids. And she'd forgotten that you can 
experience the atonement every 24 hours and receive peace of mind that you have done all you can do and the atonement will cover for your mistakes. And if you made an error in teaching your kids, the atonement will cover for that. If you made an error in being a spouse, your atonement, the atonement can cover for that. And you can actually sleep in peace, knowing that you're in balance as you let God prevail in your psychology. Let the atonement, she's a very good arguer. And so she would have these logical conversations with Christ on how the atonement was not adequate for her today and how uh, her sins were too big for him to handle today. And so she needed to carry them over in stress for tomorrow so she could be a better woman. My psychological workout for her was to create a daily exercise of a reminder activity to let the atonement prevail in her psychology so she could rest her mind in peace every 24 hours. And so what I'm going to be watching for is, is her reminder system going to work? which I have confidence in because I know her history. What Laman and Lemuel experienced in the scriptures is a lack of a reminder system. They did not subject themselves to being reminded. So when Nephi says, have you forgotten? Have you forgotten? My question is, why didn't Nephi forget? How come he didn't forget what had been taught? All those things. One of the keys to reminder systems is they need to be annoying. Because if they're not annoying, they won't work. Hello, Maurice Harker here again. You've just finished listening to a clip from the Spiritual Psychology Masterclass, where you learn to harvest vital, life-changing psychological concepts from the words of the prophets. Please continue listening to the other podcast episodes where you will have access to many, many more principles. But when you're ready for a big, thick chunk of this educational material, please uh, follow the link that's attached to the text connected to this podcast, and you will be given instructions on how to register for the class where you can spend an hour each week sitting with me and learning how to harvest psychology from the words of the prophets. I look forward to seeing you then.